Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today we're welcoming Icelandic composer Herdis Stefansdottir onto the podcast to talk about her score for FX's new series, Why the Last Man, where all men on the planet suddenly die except one. So very intriguing. So welcome, Herdis. How are you today? Hi, thank you. I am good. How are you? Really good, thank you. So lovely to um, welcome you back onto the podcast. It's been a while. We were just talking off air about um, having a whole pandemic in between the last time we spoke. So um, how are you doing at the moment and where are you? You in Iceland today? Yeah, I'm currently in Iceland. I'm doing good. We had the first sunny day for almost two months, so it's been the crappiest fall of all time. Thank you, Iceland, once again. <laughs> I can sympathise being based in the UK. Not as cold, of course, here, but um, we do love when we get that um, rogue sort of sunny day, don't we? So we just need it. Oh, yes. <laughs> so is it getting dark super early there at the, at the moment then? Not yet. Uh, but okay. it's like every day is getting shorter, so it happens fast. And then we are in complete darkness uh, in December. Oh, yeah, that's right. And um, so where are you today? Are you in your home studio? Uh, I am at my home in my apartment. I decided to take the day off today for the first time in a really long, long time. So it's been it's been nice. Got 12 hours of sleep and the sun was shining. So it's been a good day. Lovely. Why not? It is important to take time off every now and then. Work isn't everything. Of course, you love what you do, etc. Of course, you work in an amazing industry, but... It's got to take that time. And if it's a sunny day, why not? Exactly. That's the luxury of working for yourself, you know, that when the sun comes out, you know, I, I and that's why it's so problematic to be in uh, Iceland in the summer because Icelanders are so like, when the sun comes out, we are just like, we become manic. So nobody really wants to work in the summer. And then you just like, are like a hermit in the winter and you just have candlelight and you work all the time. So yeah, it's, it's a bit problematic when the sun comes out here. Mm, yeah, a bit similar here, but again, not the extremes in temperatures. But I think it's definitely getting in towards the jogging bottoms blanket phase of uh, of the winter now, unfortunately. And then maybe we can check in with the sun again in June, maybe, if we're lucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we've got to stick it out for there. But uh, in the meantime, haven't we? So, um, so what are you up to today then, other than, um, you know taking time off like what does a typical day in the life of Herdis look like at the moment when you're not um you know taking a, a nice day off um I'm kind of like on a on a schedule composer so I like to get up in the morning and I, I just always go to my studio work typically Monday to Friday from you know nine to four and that's it and I I almost never work in the in the evenings okay. just kind of a holy thing to stop at four and you know enjoy life too yeah exactly you've got to get that balance haven't you that's absolutely right and um so the last time I spoke to you was about your score for we're here um that show on um I can't remember the network now was it HBO HBO yes it was HBO yeah and um obviously a lot has happened in between then but how has it been for you in terms of projects and working and getting on with things uh, given everything that's been going on in the world um, I mean, the pandemic, like, you know, it was, a, of course, a, a very difficult time for the world. And, uh, and a lot of art artists here in Iceland and musicians have been out of work. So it's, you know, it's been it's been hard for the music industry here. But being, you know, Hollywood never stops producing media. So that's, you know, I was very fortunate to I've been full on. I've never been as busy in my life. 
uh, during this pandemic. Oh, wow. Isn't that strange? And I suppose you can do a lot of it from your home or a, stu- a studio, can't you? You don't rely on having yeah, to rent yeah, something yeah. else. Was, That's great. Just uh, just doing it from a studio. And it's, you know, it's like almost you become like, okay, I'm not going to say we're not like essential workers, but people really do need entertainment and, you know, stuff to watch during a time like that. So, yeah, it was a lot to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can you even imagine this pandemic without you know, entertainment, Netflix, films, music is what everyone's been doing, hasn't it? Everything's like, oh, have you seen the new must-watch this and that? Everyone yeah, talks exactly. about it's the only thing <laughs> kind of bond us together during that time, wasn't it? Yeah, never forget Tiger King that the whole world watched in the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> I actually feel like maybe I could watch it again now. It's been a while, um, but it was yeah. just insane, wasn't it? I remember trying to tell my mum or someone this concept and all these twists and turns and uh, I'm not sure she watched it in the end but I mean it was very uh, compelling wasn't it yeah and it was so symbolizing for the beginning of the pandemic because we were all uh, inside watching it together and uh, united and talking um, about it did you hear I think Carol yes. Baskin took over his park you know oh really yeah no, I haven't you know unfortunately I didn't follow up with the with the story but that's interesting I think she did in the end yeah so I'm sure he's not very happy about that no I can imagine <laughs> um, it was a tough one <laughs> it was a tough one uh just so many diabolical things going on there but um yeah, anyway, so on to um <laughs> on to why the last man. So obviously this is um your most recent project that we're here to talk about. So this is on my list after I watch um Squid Games, which I've only just started by the way. But um I've seen the trailer today, so I urge anyone listening to watch it. So this is basically about all the men on the planet suddenly die except one and a monkey that I've seen in the trailer. So this is very intriguing obviously apocalyptic looks really really good looks really well made so um how did you come to be involved in this one um so um i basically got like an email from my agent and she sometimes emails me about projects and i got this email it was like late at night and i was about to fall asleep and uh the email contained like what the story was about and i got really intrigued because it's just uh yeah it sounded really good so I got really excited and submitted a reel of my music and I hadn't you know kind of like relatively new to the film scoring I think this is my third year of being fully uh, scoring film and tv and so I kind of gathered you know what I had which you know I've never done anything like that before and got an interview and I think there were more composers and then we really got along uh, in the interview and I got hired yeah, that's uh, it is interesting as well because it gets you thinking. Just even watching the trailer, if someone doesn't know much about it or hearing the concept, you think, "What would happen? What would we do?" It's just yeah, um, exactly. quite a question, isn't it? Yeah. And this poor man. I, I'm going to wait to watch it to see what happens to him, but um, I guess it's going to be quite <laughs> stressful on the poor man. But um, I, I, I don't even know how it ends because I haven't read the whole. Um, <laughs> graphic novel it's a it's a lot of books so I, you know I don't even know how the story ends really so how many series quite, are quite there exciting um of the books oh of the um is it sorry is it a tv show tv series the last man it, it, it yes, is a tv it's, series yeah, but it's uh, it's based on the graphic novel oh that's which right, came yeah. out in the in the early 2000s mm. so yeah so that's like a whole story a lot of books I think it's like 10 books I'm, I'm not quite sure 
And yeah, so I, I, you know, the first season of Why the Last Man, it only covers a small part of where the story goes. Oh, I see. I thought it was, uh, you know, all in one gets the whole story in there. Okay, so there's more to come. Interesting then. Um, okay, yeah. well, this sounds really good. Uh, what a great one to be involved in. <laughs> yeah. And um, So, yeah, that's cool. So given the concept, and it was obviously an immediate, yes, it's very intriguing, and given the nature of the film, I was wondering, did the director or the producers want a female composer or was that not so important or, or was it? I think it was important, and actually, uh, the majority of the team—producers, uh, directors, editors, uh, camera women, sound uh, designers, sound editors, mixers—are women. So I think that was a very important part of the production to uh, a majority female crew, because a story is about mostly females, but of course, some men too. That. Uh, you know, like trans men that survive this uh, apocalypse, that it's basically about uh, a woman trying to survive in this fallen world and building their new identity on a world that is built on the patriarchy. So I think it was an important perspective to have uh, women mm. telling the story. That makes sense. That must give quite an interesting perspective on it as well. So um, so I'm curious, where did you start with how the ser- uh, this series should sound? You know, did you have lots of discussions with producers or the director about how it should sound or did they leave it up to you or was it was it um, working together yeah it, they left it completely up to me they were very very open and they didn't have any ideas before of what it was supposed to be but they asked me like when we we're beginning like you know what is the sound of this world and I really felt like after reading a bit of the graphic novel and some of the scripts and seeing the first uh, rough cuts of the first couple of episodes, I was like, yeah, this is a dystopic world and there's an apocalypse, but it's very realistic. Um, the story is, you know, told with a lot of realism. So I didn't feel like it was like a, a futuristic or sci-fi kind of a world, but more a parallel world of the world we are living in. And what happens is something that I felt was quite possible. So like when I was trying to find some kind of a sound or identity when when starting the score, I just started with one small idea. And I thought, you know, this is a, is a world where the majority of the survivors are females and the apocalyptic event when the world is going to shit and everybody is dropping dead and planes are falling from the sky. Uh, there's a lot of desperation and it's a really, really gnarly, gnarly situation. And I kind of imagine that the tone or the sound like at the event of things happening was almost like a a scream and a clutter of voices and I was like it would be cool to work with the female voice as kind of the core of the of the sound of the soundtrack and that's what I ended up doing so I went uh, it was like in in the middle of the pandemic and we had it pretty good in Iceland so I was able to go up to the north in Iceland and I recorded 10 female vocalists from there and I did like a lot of experimentation with voice and I made them like uh, talk to each other as like a clutter of voices like creating like dissonance and harmonies and then when I had done all these like vocal recordings um, I took them and processed and edited and kind of like made uh, a foundation of the of the sonic world so it's kind of like choral based in a way. Oh, I see. And you sort of wove that into the score. 
yeah, basically, I'm going to use my own, own voice as well. So I think, you know, most of the score has the female voice over it. Very vocal based. Okay, well, that makes sense given what it's about. And so how did you start to develop the the shape and the sounds of the music? And do you have perhaps an instrument that you go to instinctively to get ideas down on? Um, a lot of the score I made in my uh, own studio. So it's like, you know, just me and I'm kind of, I mean, I am the music that I write. I'm very like electronic producer. So I do do a lot of sampling and I use a lot of synths and modular and electronics. So a part of the score has that, but then it also has a whole organic side as well. And when I was talking to uh, Eliza Clark, the showrunner, uh, she actually had the idea. She was like, you know, this becomes like a lawless world. And we, and there is, you know, it starts out like really serious and dark, but as uh, the show develops there's like you know there's also humor and comedy and some lightness um and especially like in the graphic novel and we were thinking like how can we both like reference this lawless world that is created but also like kind of weave in like the the adventure and the kind of traveling journey that is happening within the show and we were like oh it might be cool to reference uh western cinema music like from the cowboy cowboy movies which is uh from Ennio Morricone which is kind of the man that created what we know as the sound of western cinema so I took inspiration from that and used the choral stuff in my own voice just to try to make my own twist while still referencing what we know like as the sound of the wild west Interesting. Um, and what is some of the go-to kit that you use in the studio to help with you with doing scores like this in, in regards to, I don't know, do you have some virtual instruments that you love to use or plugins, etc.? Um, I am not a big virtual instrument person. I mostly record audio. So I have a, mm-hmm. a stack of synthesizers. I have a mic, so I use my voice also a lot when I'm writing. So I just basically like uh, sing stuff into the into the mic and I, I layer it sometimes just <laughs> recording like 40 channels of mm. vocals and then I process I use a lot of harmonizers I would say one of my favorite plugins is from uh, Eventide and I use a lot of uh, the H3000 band delays and uh, the factory from uh, Eventide, also the Quadrovox and the H910 harmonizer. Mm-hmm. Really like using that stuff on vocals. Okay, but cool. then, yeah. And then I also just get instrumentalists into my studio and I will record a bunch of audio and then I'm just editing and, and pitch shifting and processing. So a little bit like Edward Scissorhands in the studio. <laughs> I like it. I like the image <laughs> there. Sticking with the cold theme as well, being in Iceland. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and what um what monitors has sorry what monitors have you got in the studio? Uh, I got the ATCs. Cool, they are awesome, beautiful, beautiful monitors. I don't remember the number of it, but the the company is called ATC. Mm, okay, and they do these ha- handmade, absolutely amazing monitors. Mm. And after I got them, I was like, oh my god, I have never heard things as detailed before. Wow. So they're very, very beautiful. Mm, Both look beautiful and, and sound beautiful. Okay, I'll have to check them out. I'm not that familiar with them, but um, yeah, they sound yeah, cool. Yeah, no, no, 
check them out. They're really, really, really cool. Okay. And um, tell me a bit about how you compose these um, thematic pieces just from the script. So you were writing music freely and developing away from picture. Yeah, exactly. I just barely touched, I, I touched a little bit of the picture in the beginning and then I realized that it's kind of a big world to compose for a TV series and it's very thematic and you got to like tell the story and connect things. So I completely moved away from the picture and just wrote, I was just in a, it's hard to describe, but it's like you just get into a zone and you're inspired both by the story and certain characters. And then I'm just doing you know, I know I, I never really decide what I'm gonna do or how I'm gonna do it. I just I just do something. Mm, no, that makes Whatever sense. Comes to me it sounds day. like it's natural and instinctual. Maybe you can't pin it down, but you get in the zone, like you say. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like an instinctual composer, not very strategic. Okay. Well, it clearly works for you, so all good, however it gets done. Um, and um, with this show, so were there any particular you know, interesting pieces or cues that you scored or pieces of music that were your favourites? Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I really enjoyed writing the whole thing. I thought it was super fun and interesting. It's kind of been like a secret dream of me. I'm really into like the old Western films mm-hmm. and I love Ennio Morricone. So just the fact that I got to like touch on that and kind of create the whole Wild West thing was really fun for me. And just doing my own take on that. And then I really like, I'm also kind of like a, a choir nerd and I really like choral music and, mm-hmm. and sound texture. So uh, getting into like kind of a tonal choir arrangement which was also really fun okay cool and um when you watched the season or the first season did you look back on any particular scene and think oh that did work really well I don't know maybe you're not sure until you see it on you know to picture but was there any scene that you thought yeah that that's really good I mean, there's like now it's all just one big porridge in my head. But yeah, there were definitely a lot of scenes. And especially because, you know, I didn't score it to picture, but I like wrote all this music. And then Susanna Perich, which is a really, really talented, amazing music editor, she would edit those pieces to the picture. And sometimes she would maybe take three of my cues and even like merge them together and create something. So I was honestly both really inspired and surprised uh, by what she did because she sometimes took something that I would never have thought of putting in a certain place with picture and scoring it that way so it was really cool to be able to just be on the sideline and, and watch the show myself and be surprised of how the music was playing in the scenes mm, yeah it must be really interesting to see what a sound designer does with what you've done and how they make it fit and um sort of transform it and transform the tv series with the music so that must be really cool um and I'm, I'm curious as well, like, how do you know as a composer when to, I suppose, pull back with the score and when to ramp up the music? You know, is it a difficult balance to strike sometimes? Mm, I mean, this particular project was a bit different because I wasn't writing to picture. But in mm, general, true. yeah, I think you got to like, you got to have like the sensitivity of being able to tell a story and score to picture which is to serve the story and you sometimes got to put like a bit of your musical ego aside and and just really serve the story Uh, and of course I think a lot of composers are like you know want their music to be heard or want it to be big or loud and like take up space but 
it just really depends on the project. Sometimes you just really have to hold back and just do what works. But yes, I think you just like the more you do, the better your instinct becomes of what each scene needs. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, have you seen the entire first season yet? Yes, I have seen it. Mm, okay. What did you think? I think it's great. It's super cool. And it just like uh, gets better and better. And have they talked about um, a second season yet? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure, but I think they really want to do it. And there's still uh, a lot of the story to be told. So just, you know, I, I cross my fingers that they will, we will do a second one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hope so as well. Um, keep you busy during those horrible winter months, I suppose, for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, what else have you got coming up this year, Herdis, if you're allowed to talk about it in terms of projects? Um, I am scoring an Icelandic series, which is my first Icelandic project, which has been really fun. And it's uh, it's kind of like, you know, they say like, you know, Colombia has the cocaine, but Iceland has the fish. So it's a story. It's a story about like these kind of like small-minded village people in the in the west of Iceland that uh, realize uh, that you know there's like okay, it's so, like kind of history of Iceland. So, like in the mid '80s, they put on a fishing quota system, which means that you can buy a quota on your fishing ship to fish like certain areas of fish. But what happens is that it got distributed to like really few hands and a few people made a lot of wealth out of the fish so that the fish doesn't belong to the Icelandic people anymore but it belongs to a few people and it's like the biggest source uh, of money and income so it's uh, to the core a show about corruption and how people can get corrupt it's kind of like a you know an Icelandic period drama that has a lot of comedy it's like it reminds me a little bit like Fargo or something like that and that's been a really really fun score to write it's a little bit it's very very thematic and 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 dramatic and uh yeah kind of the whole series has this one like big main theme that like I wanted to create like it's kind of like almost inspired by like you know the Russian communist music like the big grand lush orchestral mm. things but also like these worker songs like the first of may you know how we're always you know we like the middle and lower class people are oppressed by the people that have the money so i wanted to create like a, a piece of music that would have this kind of fighting worker spirit so that's been a really really fun season to work on mm, that does sound like an interesting one and nice that it's icelandic as well for you i suppose yeah, no, it's really cool to be also involved with what's happening here and uh, yeah, and tell a story that is, you know, from your from your own place. So that's been cool. Mm. And yeah, and then I'm working with another uh, British production called The Essex Serpent, which is a Victorian period drama. And I'm co-scoring that with my boyfriend, Dustin O'Halloran. Oh, yes. And we've had um, Dustin on our podcast uh, a few times, I think, as well. So that sounds like it'll be another great joint project there. Yeah, no, that's a cool one. That's really, really good. Really Fantastic. beautiful. 
Fantastic. Um, okay, then, Hurdis, thank you so much for joining us again today. It's been so nice to catch up with you and find out what you've been doing since we last spoke and to find out all about Why the Last Man. And I definitely will be watching this and paying attention to the music. Yeah, of course. thank you for having me. <laughs> You're so welcome. Anytime. I hope to catch up with you again, maybe in another year. We'll see what's going on then. Absolutely. I'm <laughs> always ready for a Zoom call. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much. Um, have a great day, Hurdis. Yeah, you too. Okay, bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.